Hey, this is Steve Bose, co-host of the HR Happy Hour Show. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the show, as well as all the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network shows. We just launched a new show last week with Jason Lartson called The Human-Friendly Workplace, and that one's uh, doing really well right away. And uh, So thanks for checking out all the shows on the network. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for letting us know what you want to hear as well. So tweet at me uh, at the show at HR Happy Hour. Send a note to Steve at h3hr.com. Let us know what you think of the shows and what what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, so, that, But anyway, thanks for being here with us. Second of all, I'd like to thank Virgin Pulse, our show sponsor, of course, www.virginpulse.com. I'll be at the Thrive event, the Virgin Pulse Thrive event, in a couple of weeks in Miami. You can learn more about that event at www.thrivesummit.com. Finally, I thought, uh, oh, of course, I'd like to mention HR Tech Conference. Of course, still working hard on that. Learn more about the conference at www.hrtechconference.com. Use my code Steve300 for $300 off your registration. I wanted to do a special intro for the show because uh, this show is a little bit different. Um, We recorded it at the IBM Think event, and it's recorded in two parts. First uh, part, I sit down with Bob Schultz, who runs IBM's Watson talent business. And we got the kind of an update from IBM on what they're doing with Watson in HR tech, what's going on in AI. We talked a little bit about personalization and how AI, in a way, can, instead of dehumanizing work and and making work more tech-driven and more, I don't know, more impersonal, it actually can make work much more personal. So good conversation with Bob. And so we talk about 15 or 16 minutes around technology and what's happening at IBM. Then in part two at the event, which we also recorded at IBM Think a little bit later in the day, uh, Madeline Lerano joined me as well as a special guest co-host. And we talked with Gail Blum from NBC Universal. And this was a really interesting conversation with one of the most famous brands in the world about kind of branding, talent branding, talent attraction, candidate experience, and some of the really interesting things that they're doing at NBC Universal uh, in those areas. Gail was a great guest as well. For, I think it was her first podcast ever, and she was fantastic. So two parts coming up. The first, me and Bob Schultz talking about IBM, Watson, and AI. And then Madeline, myself, uh, talking with Gail Blum from NBC Universal about all things talent acquisition. It's a really fun show. So it's in two parts. So uh, check it out. And again, thanks for listening. Subscribe, tell a friend, and uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to the show. Thank you. Hey, it's the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bose. I am joined by Bob Schultz, General Manager, IBM Watson Talent and Collaboration Solutions, coming to you live from the IBM Think Conference in Las Vegas. Bob, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Steve. It is an incredible event. I overheard, I'm not going to say the number exactly because I don't know if it's accurate. It could be fake news. But I overheard a huge (laughs) number of attendees at this event. Maybe you could... Share that if you'd like to, but just tell us a little bit about Think About it. It's my first time here. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the event from your perspective, Bob. Great. So um, I'll share the number with you, Steve. There's 32,000 people here You're in, that in is Vegas. Crazy. It's a global event for IBM, really bringing together all the different parts of the company, talking about how we're infusing Watson and how people do business, and they can do that all on the cloud. So this covers not just, I'm the HR happy hour guy, and we're here talking about HR. There's been some great HR content today, but this is obviously not just an HR conference. This, this is all the things that IBM is doing in finance and healthcare and with, in supply chain, just across the board. But for HR... Yeah, let's talk all, about HR. All those processes where we're talking about how do you transform your business, 
people are discussing how do they transform their town? How do they have the right skills, the right people in the right places? Yeah, and no business, right? Well, at least yet from what we can tell. And, this, and we're going to talk a little bit about AI and <laughs> modern technology and future technology. But we still think businesses need people. They oh, yeah. need talent. I agree and, they, with that. And, and it's probably become more of an imperative than, than ever, right? Just how organizations manage talent, find talent, engage with talent. We heard a lot of, of that kind of messaging today at the HR exchange portion here at IBM Think. But before we dive into a couple of those uh couple of those topics, Bob. Maybe just give us a little bit of overview for folks. A lot of things have been happening in the tech space, in the HR tech space. For folks who are listening to the show may not be as familiar about what IBM is doing in the HR and the HR tech space. Maybe give us a you know 90-second, two-minute overview of kind of what you're doing in the HR space. All right. Let me, let me do that. And I'll start with a lot of people probably in your audience will recognize Conexa sure. and Brass Ring and Talent Acquisition where IBM is a leader in that space. We acquired that technology about five years ago on April 1st. Um, And so that's the core that we're building out from, and we're adding and infusing Watson into it. So how can you start to identify the candidates that are a good fit, um, encourage them to apply and bring them into the company? How can you make the recruiters more efficient in what they're doing? And how do you have actually a framework around how you match and compare and develop your talent? And that's really that framework idea is really important as well because there's a lot of technology. I see a ton of it. I talk to technology people all the time in the space, and definitely HR people and recruiting people can sometimes be a little bit overwhelmed by the sheer amount of it. Right? We I do the HR tech conference every year, and there's 350 you know HR tech vendors in one room. It's like oh my god, what is all this? And a big part of what I advise, and I've written about some, is it's important to know an organization's point of view or their philosophy around some of these issues. Not, it's not just about buttons and functionality and capability, but rather is the organization you're going to partner with, what do they think about these big topics like the future of work and workplaces and the changing nature of the HR role? So I always like to I'll go philosophical on you, Bob, but I want to ask you a little bit about what are the kinds of things or the cues, the signals or customer feedback? You tell me. What are the things you guys are thinking about at IBM as you're developing these ultra-modern HR technology solutions? Yeah. So, so I'll start with your, your comment on the, the explosion of companies. There's $2 billion that's been invested by VCs into the HR space mm-hmm. in the last few years. So there is just an explosion of people developing features and uh, elements of this. But when we look at it, we look at the life cycle of an employee from you know the time that they're a candidate and you're trying to find them to bringing them on board and and then developing their careers inside the company. And, and at each point, we think there's a moment when you can, can leverage Watson and AI to really change that experience, to do something extraordinary for people. Now, that technology becomes a big differentiator, I'd imagine, right? It's, it's you know, look, we all know the story, right? It's, it's almost a little too, like, a joke now. I don't feel bad even mentioning it. Oh, we saw Watson win at Jeopardy, like, 19 years ago, whenever it was. But that still is pretty cool. Right? And we still talk about it. We still think about that. But let's now talk about how we're translating or transferring maybe some of that capability to things like HR processes. And you mentioned you're finding ways and the team is finding ways to introduce or interject these kind of capabilities throughout the employee lifecycle. Can you give us an example or two maybe or where maybe a customer or two of yours are doing this right now? And it's, it's really cool and interesting. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll give you two examples and it'll be the flip side okay. of what, what people are doing. So the, the first is in recruiting, a lot of people are talking about, let's look at the candidates and coming in and how do I filter them out? How do I help the recruiters be more efficient? 
identify the people that are the, the best match for that. So we have Watson recruitment um, that's been introduced to help do that. But the flip side, so think about that's from the recruiter's perspective. Right. Look at it from the candidate's perspective. How does the candidate know that this is a good job for them? How do they know that this is a good fit for what they want to go do? Yeah, I'm going to tell you what, that's an often overlooked the other side of that equation, right? That not many portals or systems or job boards really do a good job at all with that. That's a really good point. So if you're experienced today, yeah, you go to you go to a portal, you, you type in some keywords, you search, you hope you can sort it out. <laughs> but with, with Watson, right. um, we can help assist candidates to kind of go through that process. So today you can come to, um, you go to BuzzFeed and okay. partner with our partner Uncubed and, the, and Watson will engage with you. And it helps to identify, is this a good fit for you as a candidate? So your experience is much better. And it's a conversation um, with you. And we're able to infer from our framework of your skills and your expertise and the level of your competency to shape the direction that you go into. For BuzzFeed, what they, what they can do is find the people that are good fits and encourage them to come on board. Right. And so it so works for both proactive. people. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that, that's neat. I, I, I think one of the problems or one of the challenges that uh, folks who are new to this kind of technology, particularly when it's being applied to these really, well, traditionally really high touch, high impact kinds of decisions. Like it's, it's one thing, I always make fun of the supply chain folks. You know, I don't mean to be too hard on them, but I've stated for years, I made a running joke on the show here that as far as I can tell, there is no podcast called The Supply Chain Happy Hour. It doesn't exist, right? Because that's no fun, right? But it, it, it doesn't. we don't feel like it's, um, for whatever reason, as impactful in an organization or in individuals if we use AI to drive more efficiencies in, say, some supply chain processes and maybe source products in a better way and get them, get them where they need to go faster. But it's all very impersonal. It's all very technical. It's all very just numbers and stuff, right? That's not HR at all, right? All of these processes we're talking about, whether or not that person gets that job or gets the interview for the job might be the most important thing in their life, right? That, that month, maybe maybe that year, right? So what do you guys think about, like recently we read some stuff, I read some stuff in The Guardian, I think it was, or The Economist, I can't remember which one, but it was a really piece that was highly critical of some of these really advanced, not IBM technologies and all. In, in all fairness, because they weren't IBM technologies, but there are certain technologies that are being applied in job search specifically that are having a real dehumanizing effect and kind of a demotivating effect on people, at least according to this reporting. Bob, I'd love for you to comment a little bit about how you think about that problem and how the team thinks about that problem when you're applying ways for Watson and, and AI advanced technologies to get into these highly personal Processes. So philosophically, it starts, you know, with our perspective is completely different, right? Our, our approach is AI is not about replacing people and jobs. It's actually about augmenting people and decision making and providing more information and options and guiding mm-hmm. them towards the decisions that they need to be need to make. And so that, you know, that you start from that perspective. And so then you see how we apply it. We talked about the candidate assistant. Sure. You can see that in career coach, right? Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about that. We can start to personalize the engagement. And, and you have Watson helping you say, how do I plan out my career? What are the next options? What have people like me done inside of this company? And where are they gone? What experiences? You know, what are the internal opportunities that I could look at next? What do I have to learn and, and you know, direct me to that? That's a very personal experience. Yeah, right. And because Watson can engage with you, 
because it can look at all the other people like you and what they've done before, it can start to really have a, a much you know, better interaction with you. And we, we believe actually that HR needs to become more personal, that it needs to be you know, moved from being process centric to experience centric. And that's the way to apply AI in HR. Yeah, Bob, that's actually a really clever way to, I'm buttering you up a little bit, Bob, but that's a really clever way to think about it because when in the past or in traditional HR or any traditional right, sort of back office kind of processes, they're designed for scale, designed for scale, efficiency, uh, repetition, right? Drive, error rates out, just, you know, six mm-hmm. sigma, whatever you want to call it. But that by its very nature becomes incredibly impersonal, right? That's one size fits all. Everybody's process is the same. Your your benefit plans and programs that will the company will offer you will be exactly the same as mine, exactly the same as, I mean, it's uh, exactly the same as everybody, no matter what their life stage, no matter what their goals are, no matter what their situation but yet, we've learned, right, and, uh, whether it's supply chain, which is not, really, but in HR as well, like, those things, they were hard to scale and make them personal, right? So the, these newer technologies are enabling that, right? At least and making, pers- making an experience more personal at scale. Well, it's game-changing, and it's critical for HR to consider, right? To be the people coming in that you're trying to hire, they, they, we have a consumer experience at home. We have an expectation about how things are going to be. This is what happens in the rest of the world. So why are you forcing kind of this single standard on everybody in the organization? So one size doesn't fit all anymore. And so being able to have AI understand that person and personalize it for you is just where people need to go. Yeah. You know, just one follow-up on that. And I heard some of this in the HR exchange earlier today from, I think it was Gene Meister's presentation. Um, I'd love for you to comment a little bit on the role of HR. In, in, in the in the advent of some of these new technologies and the needs that they create for HR people to to be more um, to be able to design to help the technology really to design these more personalized processes, how do you guys think about it? And when you're talking to your customers, the roles of HR changing to support this kind of new environment that we're talking about, this personal, you know, AI supported environment. Yeah. So for your for your audience, right? Diane Gerson, who's our CHRO, would would comment that the Ulrich model, right, that everybody's used for the last forty years, is really coming to an end. Oh, right. Dave that, will that, not that, be happy about that. <laughs> that hierarchical structure. Yeah. No, the business model is changing. We don't have that hierarchy. We have a, a network, uh, you know, set that. Di- uh, Dave has been on the show, by the way. They dynamically come together. You have to get work done from anywhere at any time. How do you do that? How do you achieve that? You need to start thinking about things differently. And so HR needs to have different skills and different structures and really kind of approach it from an agile perspective yeah. in HR. And we're seeing that, right, like with with bringing in HR people from, say, the customer side, the marketing side, right? Gene talked about uh, – uh, some chief customer experience officers coming from the HR side, right? So we're seeing a little bit more of a, a blending or a, a melding and maybe, um, I don't know, a little bit more... Mm, we see more people coming synergy, in from outside right? of HR yeah, kind of influencing and thinking about how do yeah. I take advantage of the, the data or the technology or kind of the, the marketing aspect of it because, hey, candidates are you know, essentially your customers, right, as they're out there. Yeah, definitely. But again, that's that same kind of thing we talk, touched on a little bit in the past, right? For a large corporation, I wouldn't even guess. From a corporation like IBM, hundreds of thousands of job, job applicants every year, maybe into the millions, 20, right? 20,000 jobs are posted yeah, at any given just, time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But, but 
no way you can provide any kind of personalized experience to the millions of people who might express interest in an IBM job, even if they apply, they don't apply, they get interviewed, they don't interview, right? So you've got to apply these technologies yourselves. And, and But the way to do it is, is to do it in a way that I doesn't feel like I'm being just thrown into the machine, right? And just thrown into the abyss. You, you need to, you, so you need to fundamentally not just look at the technology to your point, but look at your skills and your structure and your process. So we talk about recruiting. You talked about using AI to identify the, the best candidates. But we, what we've also done is looked at agile recruiting mm-hmm. and taking a completely different approach to it and, and, and saying, how do we group you know, teams into scrum teams? How do they come together and organize and move in sprints? And just a, just a completely different process and skills associated with that. I got you for a couple more minutes, and then you've got to get back to your 32,000 attendees and your 19 other meetings that they, they've got you lined up for. Just 19? By the way, we're recording this kind of fairly late in the day, like the real happy hour. And I said to Bob, 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 you must be great. You're just about wrapping up. And he said, wrapping up? I'm, I'm just getting started. So we're working this guy really hard. The last thing, what's uh, – is there one or two things you see out there sort of maybe just floating on the horizon? You're thinking, boy, this is really interesting. And – we're going to maybe start talking about that more either in HR and workplaces or technology. Maybe something you guys are working on. Maybe it's just something you think is personally interesting. I know what my answer is to that, but I'd love to hear kind of what, what kind of puts a twinkle in your eyes. You think about where some of this is heading. Yeah. So we'll, we'll skip, you know, we'll skip, you know, out 18 months or, you know, two years and we'll go out to, you know, five years. Okay. So let's take that perspective, right? Cause I, I think you'll see some interesting things around diversity and other characteristics that AI can start to help companies with, but if, where does it go? as we start to move down the road, is, is I envision that we'll have AI, as we talked about, coaching internal employees that can start to you know, coach university students and say, oh, how yeah, do I think okay. about my career? You know, where, where, what do I need to learn? Where can I go? How, can, how does it help people do that? You could imagine helping people come out of the military. I'm a veteran, but what does it mean to be a captain or a major? How do I translate my skills into the commercial sector. So I think, you know, as AI develops and expands from inside of companies, it'll be, you know, outside of companies in those cohorts and really start to change the way we do things across them. Across, I, I don't think we'll talk about the job market. I think we'll be talking about the skills market. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a theme I heard a little bit today as well, this idea that we're not really hiring for jobs. We're hiring for a particular set of skills. Well, that's like that movie, right? That yeah. Liam Neeson right there. But uh, he was ahead of the game. Um, that's interesting. Like, I, all right, I'm going to think about that some more, but I really, really like this idea of kind of reframing the conversation of, of advanced technologies, Watson, AI technologies, not dehumanizing, not depersonalizing, but rather doing the exact opposite, right? Creating a more personal, more individualized, more important kind of experience, like a one-to-one experience that we just couldn't really do in the past, even if we really wanted to. And I love the way that's heading. So, uh, Bob Schultz, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your busy day. Steve, Spent a little I'm time with us here. on the HR Happy Hour. Thanks for having us at the, at the conference. It's fantastic. I'm glad you could be here. Uh, my pleasure. So uh, uh, that's it with Bob. Uh, stay tuned for uh, more from the HR Happy Hour Show. Uh, my name's Steve Bose. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show for part two of our podcast from IBM Think 2018 in Las Vegas. I'm Steve Bose. I am joined by a very special co-host for this part of the podcast. Welcome back to the show, Madeline Lorano. Thank you, Steve. I'm so excited to be here. Great to see you. Of course, co-founder, lead uh, principal analyst, I think. Yes. Aptitude Research Partners with our great friend Molly Lombardi. Yes. It's been a while. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be in Vegas and not in freezing cold Boston. 
You're lucky. Although you may not get home. We had a, we had a quick uh, chance to debrief before we started recording this pod. Sounds like you're heading back to a nor'easter. Another one, yeah. Fourth in three weeks. So, That's no fun. Used to it now. I've been in Vegas a lot lately, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to permanently relocate here. <laughs> I love it here. Probably easy. Look at the drone. It's pretty dry here. I'm looking at our guest who I'm about to welcome in a second. She's looking at me like I'm the craziest person she's ever met. <laughs> and we're, we're one minute into this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I can feel the regret. Like, why did I agree to this coming from her? Let's introduce her right now, not embarrass her any further, because we have plenty of time for that. Uh, please welcome Gail Blum. She's the manager of talent acquisition operations at NBC Universal. Gail, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Thanks, Steve. I'm really excited to be here. This is a great uh, opportunity for me to talk a little bit about the company and some of the exciting things that we're doing. Yeah, NBC Universal is a great brand, right? Everybody knows NBC Universal, but. I have a feeling maybe they don't know all the elements, all the places NBC Universal is playing now, and how the business is also changing quite a bit. Maybe just give us a couple quick overview of NBC Universal and some of, maybe not all of them. We don't want to run down every channel and every property you guys are on, but what are some of the things that are happening at NBC Universal? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't really realize all of the various brands that fall under the NBC umbrella, so everyone automatically thinks about nightly news and the Today Show and the main NBC brands, but we cover channels on cable like Bravo, uh, Golf Channel, all kinds of various random networks, as well as a lot of the shows that are very popular today. So of course, This Is Us, definitely a fan favorite. We've got The Voice going on right now. We just finished the Olympics. So a lot of really great things happening, as well as a lot of things in the movies. So I'm personally very excited. Yeah, what are you, what are you looking yeah, for? Yeah, so Jurassic World's coming out oh. in June of this year. So I'm super excited. The trailers for that have been amazing. So definitely something I'm super excited to go see. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, that for ah. Madeline, This Is Us. That's your thing, I know. Right? I love This Is Us. I love Bravo, although I'm really embarrassed with it. I love Bravo. <laughs> but in Jurassic World, a lot of people that the company will tell you that their guilty pleasure is definitely all of the housewives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, very common. I'll, I'll admit, we're all sort of sharing, right? Openly, yeah. Honestly. So I'm a top chef guy. Oh, yeah. Love it. I am like yeah. religious about Top Chef to the yeah. point where I would listen to a Top Chef recap podcast every week as well. So, uh, you know, I should have got into that. Yeah, week. that's a good one. Got to think about that for yeah. the HR Happy Hour Network. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what I really enjoyed this winter in particular was the NBC Sports app to watch all the Winter Olympic stuff like on demand. Like, I think I watched every curling match, no matter what countries were playing, oh, yeah. what, what round it was, what the situation was. <laughs> I totally, it was such a relaxing thing to watch, like, every night. I totally yeah. love that. Curling was amazing. I'm right there with you. We watched as much as we possibly could at my house, so. Yeah, so well done. When you, when you go back to NBC Universal, Gail, and you, you talk to them about your triumphant appearance on the HR Happy Hour podcast, and you're talking to the powers that be, please give them my uh, best wishes and well regards about being well-executed winter sports. <laughs> All right, we're not here to talk about that. So, although we could talk about that for a while. We could talk about Sean White. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. We'll save that for my other yeah. podcast, Curly yeah. Today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that on that one. But uh, let's talk about NBC Universal and some of the challenges and some of the things you guys are doing. Specifically to talent acquisition. One of the things that's always interesting to me when we talk to people who are from such well-known popular consumer brands like NBC Universal, and you probably say this for you know, Coke or Home Depot or others, like, you probably don't have problems with letting people know who you are, right? So 
candidates find you, but sort of what's been some of the challenges after candidates have found you? Yeah, so one of the things that we really face a lot of is the fact that people are certainly familiar with the brand, but they don't really know what jobs are available with the company. So if I'm a person that's strong in technology, I'm an IT professional, really into digital, I'm probably not going to the NBC website. That's not going to be the first place I look when I'm looking for employment. So those are the people that are automatically looking at the Apples, the Googles, you know, the Amazons, the Yahoos. And so one of our biggest challenges is that those are also people we want. As you just mentioned with looking at the app so much for the Olympics, clearly digital is a huge space as it relates to entertainment in general and all of just this digital landscape that we're changing over to from traditional TV to going to that streaming and on demand. So to get this tech talent into the company is just hugely important. And every other word I think we hear now in talent acquisition for us is digital, digital, digital. How are we going to do this? And how are we really going to attract these people? So that's really been what my team has been tasked to do is to now really evaluate what's our candidate experience looking like and how are we going to make sure that we're getting the word out there and making the company a place that these digital folks are really going to want to come apply to. So, go ahead, so I feel like that's a big theme in talent acquisition that not enough people are talking about is that a lot of companies need to portray themselves as a tech company and compete for that talent. And there's changes you probably have to make to salaries that you're offering and the technology that you're using just to be able to track that. Exactly. And one of the things that we've just been undertaking is this giant two-plus year project where we are really investigating what is our, what's our employee value proposition. So what is ultimately the company internally saying? And because we do have so many brands, so you've got the Bravos, you've got the sports, you've got the news, obviously those are very different types of businesses. So we pulled all of those employees to figure out what does it mean to them to work at the company. And so now we've really taken their message, turned it into a new brand, which we've just launched. So you'll start to see this in a lot of our websites and it's here you can. So the thought behind that is in a lot of our advertising and career postings, it'll say here you can innovate or here you can entertain. And we're really using that phrasing to be able to really cater towards the various different types of people that we're hoping to attract. And so with that, you know, to your point, we want to be able to make the environment at NBC attractive. So we're not going to be the place where you bring your dog to work with you every day, but we probably have other perks. I think that's overrated. Maybe you're going to see Jimmy Fallon in the elevator. Um, You know, there's different things that definitely are advantages of working with the company. And while we're not necessarily sitting around in our pajamas either, we've got a lot to offer a lot of these tech talent types. Yeah, well, you have, and I think what it sounds like what we've learned over time after doing surveys, talking to people, try to understand what gets people excited about coming to work at NBC Universal, like to try to distill that EVP into to some messaging that's going to connect with the target candidates. That's really interesting. Have you found uh, anything that surprised you along the way as you researched people and talked to them about NBC Universal and their experience with it? Anything kind of, oh, that's interesting. I didn't really know that, or I didn't know that we could leverage this right in our branding or our messaging. So I think one of the really big things we uncovered is that overall, a lot of employees were very consistent. So I think it was surprising that we probably went into this exercise thinking that the the visions of these people in a news versus entertainment or tech space, we thought that they'd probably have some really strong opinions 
that were just vastly different and how are we ever going to incorporate this into one brand. Um, so I think that was one of the really great things that we learned is that it, we all have such a passion about working for the company no matter what the type of businesses that we're in. And so that's what we're really trying to leverage is that we're really a company full of people that are really trying to be creative and innovative and that we take a lot of pride in working for NBC. Yeah. You talked about the, doing the, the, the need to compete, right? Competing in more, more digital realms and, and maybe fighting over candidates, if that's the right way to say it, with companies that maybe traditionally you hadn't in the past. They, how does that reflect back in some of the operational stuff, right? Like, yeah. like the companies that are maybe younger, newer, right? NBC's been around a very long time, right? And so I think it's, it's a common thing amongst more established, especially well-recognized brands that maybe systems and processes have tended to stagnate over the years and maybe not have kept up with the latest innovation. Right? For all we talk about companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter, they really haven't been around all that long, right? So they've had the opportunity to build from scratch with very new technologies, very modern thinking. How has kind of that changed the way you guys are approaching some of the talent acquisition operations and processes in order to compete better with these kinds of companies? So we know that we really have to step up our game. So we've been using the IBM talent suite overall for our talent acquisition application process. And I don't want to say that we've necessarily been stagnant, stagnant, but I won't lie, we pretty much are a black hole to our candidates. And so we don't want to have that reputation, but we do get such a volume of candidates that we've just come to accept the fact that you're ultimately not going to be able to talk to everyone who's applying to our jobs. So we've really taken the approach of trying to figure out how we can give those candidates more visibility into the process, close the loop, offer them some closure when they're not being selected. And so obviously not everyone's going to get the job, but we at least want to leave the people that are not getting the job feeling a little better about the process. So that's really on the back end of what we're doing. So we're at that point getting the people already to apply and we're trying to make sure that those who are applying are getting that really good experience in that way. So in addition to that on the front end, we've now brought in the IBM piece for Watson Candidate Assistant where we're trying to use that in order to really help the people that are maybe only thinking about applying we're trying to give them that extra push That's to be able to okay. really, you know, take the step and say, yeah, I want to submit my resume to you. Um, so that tool is designed to give them that somewhat of a chatbot experience so that that's addressing sort of a similar process that a lot of these types of tech talents are used to already working with. So they're able to go and ask, what's a day like at NBC? What type of awards has the company won? And offering them a really easy way, instead of trying to research 75 pages of a company website, it's giving them a lot more information right at their fingertips. So it's more of those top of mind, quick answers. And from there, then they're able to even go so far as to upload a resume and the tool will offer them suggestions to say, hey, here's some jobs that are posted on their website now that you'd be a fit for. And so that helps the cause of all of those internal job postings and job titles where you're using interesting nuances that internally you understand within the company, but a candidate has no idea what that job title really means. So by offering that ability to do that extra matching, you're now taking that element out of the process, and hopefully the end result is going to be that more people are going to find those jobs 
uh, than before. Right. So we're super excited to see how that works for us. Yeah, I think it's, I love the candidate assistant product. I mean, I think for a couple of reasons, I think I love anything that happens to engage with talent before they even apply. I think that's really important. But also, especially when you think about presenting yourself as a tech company or a digital company, you need to have innovative tools instead of using antiquated technology to be able to track that talent. Basically, the technology you're using to actually hire them and it's, and it's outdated, they're not going to want to work there. Totally agree. I've been using the IBM products for over 10 years now at not only NBC but a previous company. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that a company can make today is really letting that old, stale look just sit there. So to be able to incorporate as much, whether it's branding or technology, to really spice it up, maybe add some video content, really to keep people engaged when they're on your site is definitely a key. Yeah, there's a famous phrase, or well, famous, mildly famous, I, I, I've said it only once, but most people don't sort of purchase HR technology, right, and, and talent technology, they inherit it, right? They show up at a place and it's there. And so it can be really easy to say, oh, boy, we've got these old processes, we've got these old systems, we've got these old tools. But coming to, it's interesting that you guys came to the conclusion that, hey, these things are not going to cut it to help us compete in this modern world for a modern business, right, and a business that's changing really rapidly. There are a couple really interesting things you said, Gail, in your last kind of description of some of the things you're doing that, that, that one of them I want to follow up on. It's interesting that like, some of the chatbot stuff I've seen, I've seen some other kind of applications of this, it's been much more about answering these basic questions and status updates and things like that. It sounds like you guys are exploring or working with your friends at IBM to kind of do a little bit more subtle, nuanced, and maybe even more personalized kinds of experiences for candidates. Is that, is that fair to say? It is. It's really a more well-rounded type of tool. So it gives you the opportunity to really figure out what some of the frequently asked questions are that you know of. So it was everything ranging from, as I mentioned before, the types of awards that companies won to what are we doing in the diversity space, uh, what employee resource groups are available at the company, and then going so far as to get into some of the qualifications as it relates to do you have a, a how's your visa sponsorship program? You know, those are the questions that applicants understandably are coming in trying to ask before they apply to a job. And we don't want to waste anyone's time. We're trying to be as transparent as we can. And while we're not necessarily laying out exactly what the cost of every benefit is that we're going to offer to a new hire, it's at least providing someone with a starting point so that they can do a little bit of, of research when they're in that job search phase. Last, last follow-up on this. What kind of feedback have you gotten so far? Have you gotten any like direct kind of Kennedy feedback, whether it's formal stuff like surveys or NPS, or just indirect stuff like anecdotal to hiring managers and recruiters. What are, what are candidates kind of telling you about this? So, so far we're just in the implementation phase, so it's a little too early, okay. but we do have a survey that we're launching as part of it, so we're definitely excited to really take in the feedback. One of the really exciting parts of the tool is it also lets you see what are the questions people are asking. Right. Okay. So we'll be able to do a little deeper dive, and if there's a really great recurring question that we haven't addressed, we're going to add that to the library, and it'll just really become a work in progress. So not only getting the feedback, but also asking our recruiters, how's the quality of your applicants been? Have you really started to see more people being driven to those hard-to-fill tech jobs? So what's next? 
You mentioned a couple things in our pre-show, our extensive pre-show conversation, but we mostly talked about Bravo TV and other things. You got some interesting things coming down down the road too at NBC Universal. Yeah, so we really have a lot going on. We've really crammed, I think, 2018 jam-packed with different ways to improve candidate experience. So with our new employee brand coming out, we're looking at doing a full career site redesign. So that should be in the works between the end of 2018 and going into next year. We're also really taking a hard stance on candidate communications and what we want to say and how often we want to say it so that we are really continuing to keep that conversation going back and forth with the people that are interested in working for us. Very cool. So I have two final follow-up questions. One is, uh, where do I go to learn about all the great opportunities at NBC Universal? Where, where do I start? So it's NBCUniCareers.com. NBCUniCareers.com. And secondly, what, what would I need to sort of get in the mix, get an interview to be a guest judge on Top Chefs? <laughs> Can you help me, Gail, in this? What happens? Is, you know, there, is there a special thing I need to know? If I can run into someone in the elevator for you and you I see can Tom to slip a good word in. You know, yeah, hey, I know a guy, podcast guy, HR, but he knows yeah, like a good word. I promise to do that as soon as I'm in the elevator. I totally want that job. <laughs> that would be, can I tell you that? I think I think I got a new tag for you too. You're, you're here we can is what you're going with, and I like that a lot. But I would think another angle would be with such a well-known brand, such a cool brand with all these great properties. Like, like your dream job is here. Like, like you have my dream job. I want to be the judge of Top Chef, and I also want to be a release pitcher for the Mets. <laughs> I, I don't know if you made that happen either. But you're you're feeling like dream jobs, which is awesome. Yeah. And a dream company. Good. I feel like it's a dream company that I think to your point, a lot a lot of people realize they're a great fit for because they think their path is in a different direction. They don't realize you're a digital company, they don't realize you're a tech company. It's so true. And that's one of the great things about working in at NBC is that you do really get the passion of the people coming in the door. And I think once we're hiring you, going through our orientation process and just really getting acclimated into the company is such a positive experience and we just really want to share that and be able to show to our candidates what it is like to work here. Awesome. Really cool story. Really really interesting things happening from one of the coolest companies out there. I love it. I'm fanboy out here. Can we get the Winter Olympics again? I want to start again. It should be every year. I'm pretty sure they're going to be showing it on the Olympics channel, so you can actually I'm, catch up on it. I am all over that. I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So great to meet you. Thanks for spending a little time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Your this first podcast appearance, right? Yes, this was. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to now we have you as a subscriber, I hope, right? Absolutely. From now on. So that's how we have to do it now. One at a time. That's how we build, yeah, the, that's how we build the HR Maybe happy they'll here. replay it on the NBC uh can we get to run at NBC Universal? We can talk to you about that. All right, we'll talk after the show. Madeline Rono, great to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for spending Thanks some for time. Having me here and awesome. nice talking again. I know that's a little bit our thing. Like we show up at the same events a few times a year and get to do the podcast together. Fun. Loads of fun. So Aptitude Research Partners. Yes. AptitudeERP.com. Did I get that right? AptitudeRP.com. AptitudeRP.com. Yep. I don't know why I threw the game in. Doesn't matter. No, there is an E there. There is an yeah. E there. I'll get that right someday. <laughs> This was awesome. We had a great couple of days at IBM. I think it's been super fun. Uh, great conversation yesterday with Bob Schultz at the first part of this podcast. Great to meet Gail Blum from NBC University today as well. I want to thank our friends from IBM for having us out here. It's been a really cool time. Huge event. I was totally blown away by this the size and scale of this event. I hope to be back again next year. I think we'll get an invite back now. I hope so. Let's hope so. 
But this was super fun. So uh, thanks, of course, to our show sponsor, Virgin Paul's, sponsoring the HR Happy Hour show since 1974. Uh, you know, even before there was a podcast, there were the sponsors, which was amazing. Uh, www.virginpulse.com. Uh, we'll be seeing them at their Thrive Summit in a couple of weeks in Miami. And check out my new podcast on the HR Happy Hour Network, Knitting, What's New in Knitting? I'll be yes. working on that. And Gail Bunn will be our first guest. <laughs> What's New in Knitting coming soon. So anyway, thanks so much for the HR Happy Hour show. It's been great to uh, be here at IBM. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.